Jen. Abel. And this is Grounded Sounds. Welcome to Grounded Sounds. Thank you for being here. And um, Abel, how's your week going? The week is uh, fantastic. I'm off to a bit of a hop-along start that's due to um, absurd traffic all the way across our neighbor to the south. Mm-hmm. I drove from uh, Corpus Christi here the night before last, and now I have a cramp in my foot from traffic. So <laughs> I drove from Galveston, that, so we yeah. are about on the same you know, route. I probably passed yes. you or sat next to you for numerous hours through San Antonio. Yes. But no, that's it's bits off to a bit of a hobbling start, but you know. <laughs> It'll be cool. It'll be cool. Well, just so everybody knows, Abel and his wife Carrie, who Carrie's in the studio today, they she have is. a baby on the way. That's right. And we are expecting and that's yes. you know, awesome. They're gonna be awesome parents. Thank you. Yes. We've got a lot of good They're the mentors. people who should be procreating. Like you guys should. <laughs> yeah, right. All those people that, that shouldn't be. We're, we're hoping that we can become some of the ones that that can, you know, we're, we're real excited about it. You know, a lot of times it's. So what projects do you have going for the baby? Man, baby project. Well, we just got back from our baby moon. We're using, we, my wife and I carry, are big fans of uh, using whatever excuses we can to travel. So like, you know, when we went on our. I don't know how many honeymoons we've been on now, two or three. We're always like, hey, it's our honeymoon. Can we get a free upgrade to whatever? And so I called down to this place we stayed, Camp Coyoacan, which is I highly recommend, Port Aransas, Texas. And we're like, hey, we're on our baby moon. We're going to have a baby. Can we get a deal? And they gave us like a money off or whatever. Oh, so nice. I mean, yeah, whatever excuse you can. I should say that. You should. <laughs> yes. You should. I'm pregnant. Can I get a discount? <laughs> <laughs> of course I don't look like I'm pregnant. I'm not, not that pregnant. <laughs> right, right. Yet, it's not, I'm not showing yet, of course. So but. we had the baby moon and we kind of mapped out, um, we, we essentially, while we were on the vacation, we um, planned out the next, it's not due the first of the year. And we're like, okay, so every weekend from now until then we have something. Like something is going on. And, and so now we have all that lined out and hopefully a calendar. Carrie's in charge of calendars, so I don't know. Well, I, and I'm kind of mouthing to Carrie. You guys are announcing the baby, right? Because you oh, guys feel, sure. okay. It's not a well, they are now. I, 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 yeah, no, right? And out. like, no. surprise everybody. Like, no, I mean, <laughs> if I would have said no, that in Carrie's face, is like, no, we are not telling people no, yet. No, we haven't like put it on social media or anything. And that's because <laughs> I feel like social media is not the place for that. And Just our, a podcast. All of our mutual <laughs> dear friend, Julie Scott, when she had mm-hmm. Juniper, mm-hmm. came to me in the shop and was like, you know, I'm, I'm, there's a baby. And she's like, we're just telling our friends as we see them. And Carrie and I really liked that method. And it's, you know, now you get to, every time I see somebody and get to tell them, it's like, you get to see their face and <laughs> right. see the way they react. And I would a thousand times rather well, do that. We pro- this is our second episode, so we yeah. probably won't have a lot of listeners yet anyway. They so <laughs> You can still tell all your friends and see their faces. <laughs> we won't blow it for you guys. That's, no, not at all. I'm excited about it. That's where I'm going to announce all my big life news is via podcast. Well, we would, uh, How about you? What are you up to this week? Oh, well, you know, we just got back from Galveston, family awesome. reunion. And right before that, I got to go on a college girls trip. And it was like the first real vacation I've had in like many, many years where we sat on the beach, ate great food and like drank wine. And that was all. That was Sweet. the only thing we did for like three days. It's fantastic. So I'm feeling very refreshed. Love it. Um, and we have drinking Anthem beer today. Mm -hmm. Um, We have Anthem Anthem sponsoring the studio. Um, And then we also have um, Papa John's pizza. So we get pizza and beer and I am just psyched for our podcast. Yeah. What more could you ask from really anything? When we've got 
chefs in the studio today? We do. So we kind of going back to our mission and our theme mm -hmm. is we, um, Grounded Sounds really ties together local music artists and local business. So um, I think our guests today are just are perfect. I'm excited to have them. Um, we can kind of dive right in with, we have Eric Smith in the studio. Mm -hmm. Hello. And Eric, tell us, um, Eric just um, is part of the VZD's reopening and revamp and he's kind of the head honcho over there with Nelson and um, they run the whole the whole deal and so Eric tell us a little bit about obviously VCD's closed and and reopened but tell us about that process because I know there's some people who still haven't been to the new newly revamped right. and so we would I kind of want to hear about like what that's been like for you guys what which element of it? Let's, yeah. let's, oh, since I'm a, we, since I'm a food guy, and that's how Eric and I know each other's um, sure. through, through the spice shop. Let us know about how you approached uh, the menu and the food, and then we'll also, of course, talk about music kind of from there. Okay, so I mean, as as most people know, VZD's closed. Um, that would be two years ago this coming winter. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Gosh, yeah, that's crazy? yeah two yeah. years. So, um, uh, I have a partner, my business partner and I, Nelson Bolin. We, um, by January 1st of 2015, we were the owners. Sure. Um, and so, uh, the first mission was that the, that, that it needed to be, to be the, the physical part of it needed to be redone. Sure. And, and, you know, I think sometimes, and we'll get to this in a minute, Jim, but the, what, what people kind of, I, I think forget about just life and spaces and, and all of these things is that things, things get, get redone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah especially old and buildings, a lot of especially old buildings. And we were actually, uh, the fourth, redo of of vzds of uh -huh. vz's drugstore mm -hmm. okay which is um, which when did that what how old is the building well you know I'm a, i don't want to speak out of term but somewhere i think in the 30s and i think mm -hmm. it, i mean it's it's one of the oldest longest standing retail spaces mm -hmm. in oklahoma sure. right there was a dude named vic cleveland in uh god Maybe the, it was the 70s, okay? Mm -hmm. He's the guy who took it from VZ's drugstore. Because that's why a lot, a lot of, just for those of you who don't know that are listening out there, VZD's is is because um, it, it, there was a, uh, I guess, kind of a local Walgreens-ish okay. type dude named Bill VZ. He was a pharmacist. Mm -hmm. And so he had 21 stores, oh. I think. I don't want to misquote, but I do know that 4200 Northwestern was store number 21 of okay. VZ's Drugs. Oh. Okay. So somewhere along the way there, you know, it was a drugstore. So they started doing burgers and, you know, the, the natural type stuff. stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then there's a dude named Vic Cleveland that, that after the drugstore part of it closed, he turned it into VZDs and, um, I believe his wife named it VZDs. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. So, so then Vic Cleveland put his stamp on it, and then there were, and then, um, God, I, 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 he went on and did something else. I don't know if he sold it. What? It changed hands. Okay. 
And I think somewhere around the Cleveland time or somewhere around the next person, then they, they, they started having bands play there sometimes. Sure. Okay. You know? cool. And then in the, uh, in, the, I, in the 70s, early 80s, the stage went in, and then, and then, it, then another new owner. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the, what's interesting is Bob Sullivan owns that building. Yeah, I know Bob. Bob's the landlord sure. there. He owns a whole building. Yep. We got the Eden Salon there. Yep. We got 40, 42nd Street Candy. Candy Company. Mm-hmm. Chase Kirby, another musician. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Cat. Love cool cat. He, that shop. he and his mom own that. So then, mm-hmm. But Bob, the landlord there, has owned that building for a, a long time. I mean, yeah. he's owned it 40 years. So he knows a ton of the history of what's gone on in there, et cetera, et cetera. And then, so, so then... Uh, I guess maybe in the uh, in the in the early '80s there was a fire in there. Um, I don't know to what extent there was a fire, but there was a fire, and so then that's when you see there's there's actually a 12 seat restaurant that I have in there called the Crown Room, sure. and so one of the benefits of the Crown Room for our um, you know sort of people who want a really exclusive experience. Is that they they made them in the in the eighties that entire north wall dividing the crown room from VZDs, mm-hmm. um, what was originally Forty Second Street Candy. Yeah. And Bob mm-hmm. Sullivan's wife opened Forty Second Street Candy, oh. and then they moved it to the end, and then and then Teresa Kirby mm-hmm. ended up owning it now. Okay, so that's a firewall there, so you can't like There's as no a as a guest in there eating in the crown room. You can't hear a thing that's going on. I mean, you have to have a really loud band to yeah. to hear what's in there. Right. So okay. that's there's my seven hour story of the oh, layout. Cool. With yeah. the, so we we Nelson and I. So what we all we all knew that that you know those of us. I think the first time I went to VZDs was uh, 1988, okay. I believe, mm-hmm. my, if my memory serves me well. And I've seen a bazillion shows in there. Sure. And we all, all of us that have gone there for years, I, I lived in Chicago for over a decade, so I had a little gap in my yeah. in my being around here, around town. But, um, you know, we we knew the bathrooms needed to be redone. You know, I was going to tell, I was going to yes. tell our listeners that that's one of the highlights actually. It, they look great. The, they're beautiful. You know, it's crazy. Spacious. You can turn around maybe with your arms extended. <laughs> yeah. In the well, bathroom. you know, what's crazy. And you guys, you guys have been in there. Absolutely. That we took a sawzall and cut that ceiling out. You know, the ceiling yeah, almost you sat can. on your head. It was six foot six. Yeah. So, you're a pretty I'm tall six guy. Two, six, yeah, yeah, I'm six two, six. Yeah, I'm. You felt yeah. like you needed a duck for yes, sure. Yes, yes, yes. So we cut that out. Well, there was nothing up there. Like <laughs> we, there was nothing up there. That nice open yeah, deal. That was, that was us cutting the parameter the of the, the drop ceiling in there. Then we knocked the the drywall off, and that brick wall was just there. Oh wow, that's crazy. And all we did was kind of paint some epoxy clear coat stuff on there, and then and then yeah. went off from there. But it, so. Um, Nelson Bowen is um, is one of my very best friends, and he's my business partner. And so we, um, he is a is a huge VZD's lifetime fanatic. Okay, he has never been involved in any restaurant project. He has eaten. You can hardly talk over his head as far as like anywhere nationally. He's yeah. a serious foodie. Oh, cool! I am a chef by trade. Yeah, um, and then. 
uh, I lived in Chicago and for 13 years, the last five years I lived there, I repped a band okay. and then I, I was partners in a, in a bar where we booked a lot of, of acts. Jen and I, or, and we'll get to this, but Jen and I, uh, as you may or may not know, Jen helps me book. Sure, yeah. She does the booking at VCD, mm-hmm. Cellar Door Music Group, her company. And so we, we had talked about, I mean, a lot of what the, 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 the band that I repped in Chicago was a, was an electronica rock band. Okay. But um, I've booked a ton of hip-hop. I, I'm a hip-hop fanatic. And uh, so we had talked about doing some hip-hop. And I know on your first show that you guys did, you had JB on Absolutely. here. And so, so that's sort of synergy there. And then I will I'll reference JB one more time when he told his cool story about when he probably not cool to him but his wisdom in the aftermath of him being falsely arrested at the mall. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Um, you know, That's it's kind of like I, you got to hand it to him for for not spraying that all over the place. Right. My and I think, well, was, yeah. and I think he, part because you know what? Because we're we're in tune to do that. Sure. You're, yeah. That's what the world and that to me, that's Spoke, a big yeah. big problem with our world right now. Is we're too reactionary. We all want to take up for somebody, and does it really get us anywhere? Yeah. Well, and that know? gets me to the stage at VZD. <laughs> Okay. You were I went all up. the way around, and here I am. Going the stage way, like at VCDs. I had, um, you know, Good. nameless, nameless artists. Yes. Um, uh, people who felt it was their civic duty, um, and 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 it merits being said. People who had not been in there in five to ten years okay. were very angry that I took the stage out of VZDs. It was such a nice stage. Well, and, and, and let me preface this uh, for listeners who don't know anything about VZDs, but VZDs obviously has a long history. We got to hear about that. and But a long history with music, and you can kind of tell a little bit more of what artists have been in there. and you know. But um, So people were, you guys got a lot of heat for changing it around, but I will say there is, it looks, people go in there and they go, oh, it doesn't look that much different. I'm like, yeah, it does. It. And well, we you haven't know, missed there the was stage not, um, and, 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 in our you know, shows. We chose the same choice that JB chose. Yeah. We chose to keep our mouth shut. But now, a year later, I will tell you that, I mean, Eric's I've it been all. in the music scene of a, <laughs> of a major city. I know how this works. You're talking about Oklahoma City, right? I'm Chicago. <laughs> right. Okay. I know how this works. Yeah. I spoke to... Matt Goad, Tyson Mead, all these people that had played VZDs dozens of times, yeah. and they're like, this, this stage lacks intimacy because it's too high, and everyone's playing off of the floor these days in VZD-sized venues. Sure. So we kept our mouth shut and did what we, what we thought needed to be done. This is, I promise, other than casual conversation with friends. This is the first time that I have spoken about oh, that. Good. I've spoken about it with you, but you're you're an old friend of mine. Our uh, your right. your fa- Jen's, Jen's yeah. father and my family are, oh, are cool. old friends and yeah. and and uh, so but but other than that, we haven't we we never talked about it. 
Cool. And and it's like, where were all of you bleeding hearts when <laughs> the place was sucking air supporters. and needed business? Yeah. It needed business for a long time, sure. and it needed band people yeah. coming in there to pay a cover to watch a local band, and it wasn't happening. Well, and I think it's good to have you on to talk about, I mean, you and Nelson are people who, like you said, you used to go there when you were young. Um, Nelson has just been such a VZD's fan. So it's not like you guys are people that are just coming into this restaurant or this bar that have no clue of the history, have no appreciation of the history. You guys both do, and you've been a part of that history. So I think And we passionately love it. We passionately love VZD's. Sure. Mm -hmm. We love it, you know, and VZDs is one of those things that like the public sort of owns VZDs, you know, Nelson Bolin and Eric Smith own VZDs, but, but the public owns VZDs and that's why you let them say what they're going to say. Yeah. But that's kind of, I mean, it's like, it's sadly, it's the world that we live in, you know, sorry to keep interrupting you, but it's like that bothered me for a very long time and I've never talked about it you know it's like michael jordan gives two million bucks for to to try to solve some of the violence problems and people are yelling at him because he didn't say what they wanted him to say (laughs) when he gave the two million yeah right i know you You know it's everybody (laughs) it's it's like we all want to take up for things but what good does it do well and i quite honestly am such a fan of what you guys have done because going back to what you said i mean things change and things evolve and you guys really have kept kind of the spirit of VZD, especially in the look and the feel of it, you go Mm -hmm. in there and again, you guys gave it this nice facelift, but it doesn't feel that much different to where, Mm -hmm. when I used to go in college and um, before that. And so you guys really stayed true to, you know, I think, and then I don't miss a stage. I mean, we've had, you know, I've performed there. We've had a book artist that performed there and nobody has complained one time about the stage uh, missing. I mean, there's no, because it is, you have that intimate feel. It's a small place anyway. I mean, it's like a cozy venue, you know, so we don't, we haven't missed it. Um, So I, I'm a supporter, Eric. You know me. <laughs> so with, with the stage coming, did you guys do anything that. with the sound system? Did it, was the sound system updated, or was it, did it stay the same? Or is you know, it, the sound the the sound system is what what the sound system is now yeah. is the sound system is a is a highly effective um, restaurant sound system okay. where we can turn the we can turn Pandora on. We can turn the sound from the okay. TVs on. We can turn an iPod on. We can do any number of things. Yeah. Then when we do the bands, another thing that I did a lot of research on is there really were two big box speakers up in the corner at BZDs. You remember they hang on chains, okay? They that really that was all that was consistently used, and it was generally a a, a sort of farmed out sound job. So what we do, and this brings me back to cellar door music Mm -hmm. is when, when I started like figuring out, I'm like, I need to navigate how to book this room. Okay. And what is VZD's 2016? So Jen and I started talking. And so then, then, uh, Jen's husband, Dustin is a, is a big sound guy. And so they, they do, they have sound equipment. So that was, that was another thing that was just, it was like, it was easy because they're very professional at it. So they, Jen helps me book the acts. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then, and then cellar door also offers sound for bands, which was really what was being done 
to begin with, and they they would maybe tap into those yeah. those speakers. So do they there. use like your PAs or whatever? Well, we originally started doing that, and then we kind of moved into artists bringing their own sound. Yeah. Um, so we we kind of do, do a little a bit of anyway. both. Yeah, we do yeah. both. Yeah, I have okay. to. I've now realized I have to pay my husband to. I mean, not that he would do it for free, but I will drag him to every single event and show I can, and he would just like wear out <laughs> if I did that. So yeah. I'm trying to be really respectful of like if he brings all sound right. equipment yeah, that we have to. Yeah. Well, we're sort of figuring out all this together, mm -hmm. like sure. how to book this, what type of acts work in there, mm -hmm. yeah. What what are what are some new ideas that we can bring to the table? We're going to start doing some hip hop. That'd be great. Um, we're really doing. Excited about that. We found that we do. You know, it's a, VZDs, especially with the stage out. It is a big room. Yeah. It's a big yeah. room. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, I'm a chef first, okay? Mm -hmm. And so uh, for for us to add 42 seats there... I was going to say, I was going to bring that up from a restaurateur perspective, and you've been at restaurants for years. Yeah. It makes so much more sense to have usable space as right. opposed to... What do you do with to, that, the other, you with the other, you know, 22 hours a day? You could have, you yeah, know, so, so many tables, so many covers you could put out there and you know make that much more money on a day-to-day -day basis and then you know bring in acts at the same time it just sounds like such a brilliant decision. back to yeah. the back to the history of EZDs too how it means so so much to so many different people <clears throat> that like i mean VZDs has there about 3 to 4 visible personalities mm -hmm. uh, i mean we did the redo we did the menu but but VZDs has a personality in and of itself that's that that's it 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 comes back alive in and of itself today is uh uh tuesday did i uh, i hope we don't you know but the, so so or you could edit <laughs> we'll air right? on wednesday yeah. that's okay <laughs> no big deal okay so there's there's a huge like these old um uh guys that have been involved in oklahoma politics for like Decades. I don't know if you guys remember when we were kids, Jen, Ron Stahl that did the news. He was the mm -hmm. he was a guy on one of the major stations. He was on there forever. He he comes to VZDs almost every day. Okay. And so him, <laughs> mm -hmm. Governor Walters, mm -hmm. um, there's a group of these guys. And on Tuesdays, they push together several of those background tables, and there's about 20 of these dudes. They sit in there and they're, you know, they're they're talking about you know the 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 craziness that's our political climate right now and all, all this stuff and they sit in there and they have drinks and they they leave about seven thirty. Then you've got all the Crown Heights neighborhood people yeah. that, that yep. they that's their their you know they got taken there as children sure. to to eat a hamburger with mom and dad and then you know now they're they're so grateful that we're back open mm -hmm. and we have chicken strips and we sort of have try have tried to master a gourmet version of an everything menu. Yeah. And it works very, very well. I think it works too. Yeah. 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 And we have lots of vegetarian stuff. And we also sure. have very carnivorous items and we use our, uh, our VZ powder that That's we buy right. from, from Savory Able. Spice Shop. Savory Spice Shop. Shameless plug. Right across the street. And also yeah. shameless plug for the where there's a carnivore sitting next to a pescatarian right here. And, you can, and we can both sit down there and eat yes. comfortably and enjoy our meal, which is Absolutely. sometimes With difficult. some VZ powder from Savory Spice Shop. With some uh, nice VZ powder. <laughs> but, but so, yeah. So we, anyway, that, 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 was, that was really important is that we, you know, you give these you give these dudes a spot where they can still come in and have their sure. you know their vodka tonic. They don't want any 
craft cocktail. They don't even want they, they these these dudes still do the old you know well. Just give me they. You know, I want a gin and tonic. I want a vodka soda. It's mm-hmm. the, there's it's, no. So you got you like that, and you've got you know <laughs> we've got tons of craft cocktails there, and um, you know we we everything there is is virtually made from scratch, sure. so it's very mom and pop. And then we have our uh, a wonderful tribe of of culinarians that mm-hmm. that work in the kitchen with me. That I have a great group right now, and then. Priscilla works there. She's worked there 17 years. Wow. Um, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's I've just, got a Priscilla down in my shop too. Uh, it, it's. That goes a long way. It, yep. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's, it's, it's been amazing on, in, in mostly great ways, but amazing in some like bad ways where you have, I mean, I, I literally, the first day we were open, I almost got in a, in a fist fight. Really? By the, yes. That by sounds the, like a story. By the. <laughs> It, by the black sheep with the black sheep son of a uh, of an Oklahoma politician, his oh. drunken forty oh, nice. year old son who thought he would speak his piece about what about, was it about the stage? <laughs> it was. It was. It, I, I promise. Of it was. I yes. promise that it was. It yeah. was not about the bathrooms. I can guarantee you that. There's been pushback on the new bathrooms. No, 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 no pushback no, no, on the bathrooms. No, no. no. Um, but but yeah, I mean, liter- literally, like I thought, I thought we were going to fight. Oh, yeah, um, and I would end up in jail again, which segues us to right. Which we we were not told. We said we are not going to discuss your jail record. Okay, yeah. so we'll, tr- we'll, we'll <laughs> leave that. that. That can be for another day. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Maybe a different podcast. <laughs> right, that can yeah. be a different podcast. Well, one thing I did want to um, talk about is uh, you, Eric. You are a mu- music enthusiast. I mean, you really are. And so one thing that I love that you told me one time is when you do the crown room dinners, you'll put a playlist that goes with each course, um, or you do like a a music playlist to go with your dinners. And it's like, you were so mindful about that. Like you, you kind of explain like how you, you really were thoughtful about putting together the music that pairs with the food. And then you also do different smells and different, um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a sense. And so it triggers things in our mind, which is what a taste is, which is Mm -hmm. an experience. Right. yeah, we and then and then you know what? My cousin Avery and I owned Pachinko Parlor, so we do we do Pachinko Parlor over there uh, in the Crown Room once a month, two nights once a month. Okay. And so, uh, those of you guys who know Avery know that he's a he's a very cerebral music fanatic. So he takes the wheel on that, but like he has a really unique way of, of oddball. So when we do Pachinko, for some reason, he thinks it should be um, 90s Brit pop. Goes with okay. the Asian food. So, yeah. so, but that's what we do in there. And then, so then I, 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 I pick two albums on each of my crown room menus that are, in my opinion, somewhat of a fallen art of albums that are, that are truly, the attention has been paid to the sequential order of so the songs and concept mm-hmm. albums, albums that should be played Front song one all well, the way through the end. And you're right. Cool. It is hard to find recently. My first menu I did. I do. You, do you listen to destroyer uh-huh. destroyer bit. kaput to uh-huh. me is a masterpiece. Yeah. And so that, and, and I'm a huge pet shop boys fan. Yeah. So pet shop boys behavior, mm-hmm. a record they did in the early nineties to me is, is that the one with the orange, cover no that's the one with the white, the cover, white cover that has okay. being boring on yeah, yeah, it yeah. Was a, I know what I'm yeah yeah so so that 
those are just yeah. It, it, and so you don't want it to have any any breaks in there. Yeah. And so it's it's got to really flow. You know, have one you done through nine. Neutral milk hotel yet? In the I have not. In the airplane over the sea. No, but that's oh, a good that's, that's a good thought. Uh, Moby be, Play is a great yeah, one. Yeah. I feel like we could be here I can, like, well, for I, hours. I, I could talk concept could albums totally, yes. for a long time. Well, it's I'm a huge fan of that. It's not a genre. It's just like when you hear a great album, and I'm sure I've told you about several that, like you say, you can you start it at the first track and then you can't stop listening to it. Yeah. The first the one I ever heard as a kid, I was probably 10, 11 years old, XTC Skylarking. Ooh, I don't know that one. Um, I will look it up. It had a hit on it called Dear God, but I just remember listening to that record. I'm like, man, that just like, it all, it's like a soundtrack, but it's not, it's a soundtrack to, to itself, you know? Sure. Well, I love you. I love you talking about this, Eric, because again, it kind of gives everybody who, you know, doesn't know some of the history of EZDs or might not know what it has become today. I mean, again, you are such a music enthusiast and not a lot of people know that they, cause you are a chef first. Um, but, um, I, I mean, I think we have developed a really cool, you know, system and we're well, going to keep we going have an idea. We, and, we have a direction now. Yes. We have I a direction. Eight months ago, we didn't have a direction, but we just knew that we were just, we were heading North, but we didn't now we, now we know. And, and I'm really excited about the hip hop. Do you guys have too. a schedule? Like how many shows are you trying to do a week or how many shows a month? Or is yeah, it just so what right comes now? Up? Cellar door does every second and fourth Saturday of the month. And it's there. The shows are always at eight 30, eight bucks at the door. Um, and that's kind of, I, we're going to roll over. We have Daniel Walter in the studio. Who's coming up this Saturday um, at VZD. So, um, and so we kind of want to pull him in this conversation. You might have some albums you want to give a shout out as well. I felt like when you guys were talking, he back, was dying I was like, I I know. Jump I was watching in, Daniel's face. Sure. I'm like, hey. um, but yeah, so we're going to have Daniel at VZDs. And so we want to, he's our musical guest today. So welcome, Daniel. How's it going? Good. How are you? Doing well. Good. Yeah, I was, I wanted to jump in. Please but I do. was trying to, you know, I <laughs> was listening <laughs> also intently and trying to keep my mouth shut about, you know, so what are, things what are that you guys your, may know more about than I do. So your favorite front to back records? I don't know. I'm a big, uh, uh, Golly, I mean, it kind of depends. You were talking about soundtrack stuff. One of the coolest records I listened to, um, and of course my mind's going to go blank when you're thinking about it, but I got to spend some time in Costa Rica, and I had a like a CD Walkman, and I only had one CD. Yeah. And I'm trying to remember, every time I travel now, I listen to this record. So yeah, it's, that's true. cool. But uh, of course, I'll probably think of it here in a second. But it's it's the same thing, you know. Every time I listen to that record now, it takes me back to that experience, and you know, you can smell the air, sure. and it's like, oh, it's, it's so, crazy, it's man. So it's so cerebral. Yeah. yeah, I think it's totally brilliant about yeah. the Cure Disintegration. Oh, Disintegration is yeah. the best album. Oh, <laughs> I somebody I was I was talking to somebody about Disintegration last month because they went to see or it was last month a couple months ago they went to see the they went to see uh, the Cure in um, in Denver. And I was like, so, cause they, they were driving from Santa Fe. It's my friend Kate. And I was like, so have you just been listening to disintegration like <laughs> all week or what? And she's like, yes, absolutely. And it's one of those things where you're talking about a road trip or a Costa Rica. Yeah. I remember in the eighth or ninth grade, I was on a bus trip to Minnesota and a friend of mine before I left, uh, Smashing Pumpkins, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness had just come out. Amazing. And my buddy gave me the, it was a double CD set and I yeah. just got a Walkman and he was like, listen to this. And I was like, Okay, I don't know these guys. And I mean, I swear, Minneapolis, Minnesota, and back to Enid, Oklahoma, I listened to Melancholy and Infinite Sadness, and it just, 
the those things. Now, every time I hear it, I'm like, oh, yeah, the bus. And this is just a brilliant thing that won't probably happen again. So I get it. It's fantastic. It's well, good. It's the way you should live your life. Oh, yeah. Yes. Album, album to album. And I definitely I think I can relate every period of my life. What you, you were know, listening to, to, right, to a specific sure. album. Yeah. And it's really fun, you know, to, I've got a three-year-old now. Mm-hmm. Well, yes. he's going to be three in September. He's adorable. So it, one of the things that blows my mind is like, what is this kid going to listen to that's going to define kind of yeah. his youth and his adolescence? And like, mm-hmm. yeah. that's one of the things I'm really excited about just to be like, you know, see his reaction <laughs> when he finds music that's just going to yeah. blow his mind. That's really cool. And, and then when he digs into thing your stuff is really cool. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know, he yeah. he probably hate my stuff. He'll be <laughs> like, dude, you're so old. You write such sad songs. Yeah. And like, I'm like half of these songs. Or your stuff that you listen to, you know. Yeah, yeah. Not only your music, but like the stuff that you're into. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, we back. So when I was in my early 20s, it was all like pretty heavy, you know, kind of not thrash metal, but like refused and, you know, just kind of punk rock, you know, pop rock stuff. But uh, I put the record, the Fuse record on. And I don't know if you guys know this record, but it's, uh, I can't remember which one it is, but it starts out with this kind of it kind of builds up on the drums. And so I've got this two and a half year old son. And one of the famous, he, he the flip side of this is he loves dance music, Aww. which, you know, you kind of, I mean, it's the natural yeah. rhythm of the sure. world. So yes. you can't blame the kid, but he loves trance okay. music. So, but it's the cutest thing. He'll, uh, anytime there's a buildup to the song, he'll stop and he'll be like, is it coming? <laughs> is it coming? This no. two-year-old kid knows that there's a drop coming uh-huh. and he can, it's this emotional <laughs> attachment to the music that he knows. Uh, so refused record that comes in and then just goes to town and he just goes nuts and he's dancing around the room and mom's it. gone. So just a couple of dudes <laughs> hanging out. Nice. Rocking out. You guys dismantled the house. <laughs> <laughs> Destroyed wife it. wife comes out. Yeah. Well, we had to file an insurance claim. No, well, and, the annual, I want to, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I do, I want to talk about your music journey because I remember seeing you years and years ago. Um, you blew me away. You're at the society. I think you had your looping pedal and you, I mean, you were just phenomenal. And then you took a break in music and, um, have recently kind of come back into your music over the last, what, maybe a year and a half or year? Um, yeah. Um, well, probably probably not even that. It's probably been less than that. That's true. Because um, I would run into you and Ramsey and she goes, oh, please, he needs to start doing his music again. She said and that? Yes. She, she goes, said that to you? Yes. And I said, yes, he does. Like, I was how wondering who <laughs> was pushing and pulling the strings behind the scenes. To get me yes. So tell us about your journey. I mean, because you've had quite... You know, uh, music and I, and I kind of admit this too, you guys were talking about records that you love. I have always kind of been a horrible musician's musician. <laughs> I think know? there's something to be said for that, actually. I, and, I, and, you know, but the flip side of that, though, people was like, oh, it's always the guys who don't listen to other stuff and they just do yeah. their thing. Like, those are, you know, but it's not, I didn't do it because I wanted to. It was just, I, I don't know. Music to me has always been, it's definitely a passion, but it's very much therapy for me. Mm-hmm. And I never considered myself to just be this great songwriter, or, you know, you know, great musician. I'm not a great, you know, guitarist or, you know, I played drums for a long time. I'm not an incredible drummer, but 
you know, I mean, and I'm, I'm the type of guy, I'm very competitive. So we grew up in a family of five. So it's like, if you're not the best, just quit <laughs> yeah. and go on to something else. But, well, you're not giving yourself enough credit because you are really good. Well, um, thank you. But I, you know, the, the thing is that loop pedal, I should pull that out again. Oh, that did, thing's really hard. Yeah. You were really good at it. Yeah. Well, that's good. You saw me the one time I did it really well and right, I guess probably, but. And I have to brag on you. You got chosen as one of the songwriter, um, from the songwriter yeah, festival Oklahoma, this past year, Oklahoma songwriter oh, cool. festival. They'd had their inaugural year this year and I, they pulled me in to be a part of that. So that was an honor. Um, got chosen, very cool. Yes. Chosen. Where, where, was, got the, chosen. where was the songwriter? And festival? Annie Oakley both got chosen. Yeah, we kind of, well, they kind of, we kind of hopped around. We did some of it. ACM okay. uh, was involved. So we kind of met up there and did some writing, had some cats out from Nashville who have, cool. are kind of some staple writers out there. And so it was a really cool opportunity to just kind of, you know, hey, are we even on the right path? Like, what are we doing? How did you guys do this? Obviously, you're paying your bills this way, mm-hmm. you know, and if anything, it was just a really cool educational experience. Yeah. And I think that what's really phenomenal about this, and I've always said this about Oklahoma, um, is that there is a plethora of talent here. Um, but I think what's been lacking, and this is what's great about you guys and then other people who are kind of stepping up to the plate is the business side of music, um, yeah. which is definitely a needed aspect, um, I think has been kind of behind the talent side. So you have these amazingly talented artists that kind of, um, you know, they find something or they have a record that comes out and, it, and it's amazing and then they don't really know what to do with it. They spend all yeah. their money yeah. on the record and then they're yeah. like, well, we don't have any money, so we can't sure. go tour, we can't yeah. do mm-hmm. whatnot. And it's kind of been a sad, sad to see yeah. that, but... I, I think that's that changing, yeah. Um, yeah. especially from God, you know, you guys have, are having a huge impact just being the, it's easy for anybody to come up and be like, Hey, I like your music. Um, you're going places. I think that was kind of my thing. You asked about my relationship with music is, you know, I started out playing at Bourbon street cafe mm-hmm. when I was 15, having to get mm-hmm. dropped off and you know, <laughs> your nice. mom's dropping you off back in the yeah, day though, yeah. you can make some good, some good coin down there. Yeah, yeah. I think it was because I was 15. They were like, Oh, here's this little <laughs> raggedy kid. Let's tip him $40. That's <laughs> nice. that'll make his night. It did. Right. It did. And that goes a long yeah, way when, when you're 30 <laughs> and you're down there and you're like, nah, they don't like, tip that's just well. sad. Yeah. <laughs> like this guy's just writing sad songs. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So I think, uh, when I was playing, you know, playing that and, Everybody, I think it was one of those things. Hey, you're going places, you know. You're, you're, you got your future is bright, you know. Mm-hmm. And just years go by, and you, you try different things. I've had a lot of cool, unique experiences, but they never really worked out. Mm-hmm. And I've never, I'm not complaining about that at all. I think I'm very happy with my life, and I'm very happy with the decisions and the choices that I made. But I think it does. It just just goes to show that you need somebody on the business side of that. Uh, just saying, hey, you're great what can I do to help? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not, and even if it's something tiny, like, Hey, you know, let me tweet about it. Or of course we didn't have Twitter back then when I was playing <laughs> shows, but yeah. But, and I think Oklahoma city is great with that too. Cause that's like always mine. And I know Jen's and you know, you know, JB and talking about it the other day and you know, that's awesome. What can we do? Whatever I can do, whatever mm-hmm. I can do to help you get to where you want to be. And everybody in the community here is amazing with that. Mm-hmm. So did you say, Daniel, did you say they had a, a record coming out? We're working on one. Working on yeah. one right now. And I okay. think, have you heard any of the stri- the the scratch tracks? No, I have not. You ever heard any of them? Uh-uh, I'm excited. That's great. I'm working now with the post uh, post three fifty two group. So mm-hmm. when it's kind of one of those things, I, I've been married for eight years. My wife's gorgeous. She's, She's super hot. A hottie. Good. If you're out for there sure. listening, 
Sweet baby girl, you're so cute. <laughs> this is shout, shout outs to your shout out to, to the lovers, lady. right? This is turning into a different podcast. <laughs> uh, I brought my lady with me. Uh, that's right. Yeah, that's you, right. Lucky, lucky you. But uh, yeah, according to the other podcast, though, you've already locked that down. Yeah, so yeah. That's, you guys, down. that's right. Yeah, and already, you're about three years of you locking it down. I have. Yeah, yeah I've got a, He'll be three in September. But you know, I, the, the challenge for me was is I always music has always been a part of my life, mm-hmm. but I've never. Th- felt like it's been the defining part of me, you know, mm-hmm. um, some people would call my past and my kind of my childhood, a challenging experience. But I think for me, it's this really rad story. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel almost blessed that I was the one who got picked to kind of go through all this stuff and then come out on the other side and be given these opportunities to kind of, you know, tell my story. And if, sure. if it helps other people, then that's awesome. Do you, you do have such an interesting, inspiring story. Do you want to just give a... What do you want to know? I, mean, I don't know, I don't know yeah. anything. Yeah. I don't Daniel think we've even been v- formally introduced. People yeah. are really well, interested in my story. Good to meet you as well. You can't see this right now, but we're air shaking hands. <laughs> so, man, high-fiving. We just fist bumped. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, solid. tell us your story. I have, I have no idea the story. Well, I'll, I'll the quick version because yeah. it's a long, it's kind of a long story, but I grew I'm up not in going te- I was poor. I was born in Texas. Um, uh, I had a, I was, pro- I think from what I was told, of course, you know, as I'm getting older too, you start to realize that some of these stories that are in your mind, are they actually real stories or like, <laughs> they just get so much cooler. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. On. I ran from the cops when I was like, nine months old. Right. The, older, <laughs> the older I get, the better pool player I was in high school. That's right. yeah. <laughs> but I think, yeah. So I had, you know, I was born, born, uh, unfortunately my birth parents, they weren't ever married. They kind of, you know, they, they had a fling and with, uh, I have an older brother who's three years older than me. He's an awesome dude. He's also a very positive guy, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, so we were born into kind of this unique situation. We went into state custody, um, in Texas. I, I think I was the youngest infant to go into the specific foster home kind of as a ward of the state or whatnot. But then I live, I kind of bounced around and lived there for a while and then lived with like six or seven different foster families. And then when I was six, I met the family that eventually adopted me at 10. It was a pastor and his wife um, so 10, and again, I'm kind of rolling through this pretty quick, but at 10, we moved up to a farm north of Enid, Oklahoma. I That's heard you I mention up, yeah. Enid, I think in the, the last podcast. But, so whereabouts north of Enid? Uh, Kremlin Hillsdale, okay, land of well. free home of the Bronx. Know it well. <laughs> I know it. Yeah. So I went, uh, to, I went to Pioneer Pleasantville okay. High School, so okay. we were on yeah. the other side of the You guys were kind of a big deal. There. You were yeah. bigger than us. No, I doubt yeah, it. You guys were big city <laughs> folks over there in Pioneer. Pioneer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But, Plus um, B football, by the way. I think that's where I think that's where my music kind of started because when you live on a farm in the yeah. middle of nowhere, you have nothing to do mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, except you know farm stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, we had this detached garage, and my dad had started. A, you know, I say my dad, my adoptive father had started this church, and they had a little worship group, and we had this extremely cheap um, drum set. And so I would go in there, and I'm gonna I'm gonna shame myself here on your podcast, and very few people know this about me. Started out as a drummer, and I would practice for hours to Creed, yeah, with the hopes that one day I would find myself at a Creed concert, and oh, the drummer would just accidentally break his arm or something. Right. I don't think that was outside the realm of possibility. You know, it felt days. real to me. <laughs> yes. And I wanted to be prepared. <laughs> yes. So you know, success is when preparation meets opportunity. Uh-huh. Right. Fifteen years old, you know. Hey, mm-hmm. I know the tracks. Mm-hmm. Homies, I was the same way with. Like, let me step in and save Ramones. your show. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> so, right. That's right. You never know. Yeah. 
Needless to say, what era was this? Was this early 2000s, late 90s? Uh, yeah, it would have been. So I was 15 at the time. I'm 30 now. So yeah, okay. back. Er, I, I was. I, was, I would. 2000s. I would imagine if we sat in a room and talked about Enid musicians, we would probably know. <laughs> probably some come of across us. You some probably few. played the the. Um, what is it where the old guys hang out? The American Legion and Enid. You know, here's what's really interesting also about being adopted by this this. Uh, pastor and his wife they were extremely strict yeah so i could not listen to any secular music secular at all music. i went to oba and enid for yeah a while. i had and some I, friends from oba yeah i i knew all about that. i didn't so, know when i went into oba i did not know what secular music was like i came in playing the guitar you know and i was like playing stairway or whatever yeah and i was talking to like dc talk getting yeah. down with dc talks but i was talking to my english teacher and she always had a guitar and i was like hey do you know how to play this or that or can you help me learn this and she's like i, I don't play secular music <laughs> and i was like as you shouldn't i was like i don't know what secular music is i listened did to i like do punk. something wrong <laughs> <laughs> I listened to a lot of the Ramones. Did I just curse or something? Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I didn't ask you to do anything. Yeah. This is this is the same people that I got in trouble with, and they thought it was so strange because I had seen The Wizard of Oz and they were like, there's demonic Whoa. stuff in that movie. Whoa. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Overboard. So, I so, know. I see where you're coming from, yeah. So yeah. Creed was a big deal. Well, what's I funny mean, was is Creed, you know, they had some, can you bit, yeah. they were a crossover. Mm-hmm. So I... I kind of shamed my parents into saying, well, you know, listen to the lyrics because they're talking about heaven. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. Cool. yeah. You know, I, of course I only played loophole. like the one or two songs that were talking, <laughs> a, a, you know, about, you know, religious aspects, but mm-hmm. yeah. So Creed, if you're still out there, I guess Scott staff is playing in Chickasha. Really? I'm not kidding. I heard this on the radio. Nice. So I may show you up. show up with your jumpsticks <laughs> yes. in your pocket. Yes, you might have hey, to save the show, here's the deal. Daniel. I brought a kit. I didn't know if you needed one. Got <laughs> some drumsticks. Just in my van. <laughs> Let's party. Um, well, and yeah. th- through your story, you and your brother had like reunited, right? You and Jonathan? Yeah, well, yeah. So the crazy thing was, so when we were growing up in the foster home in Texas, mm-hmm. we, and, and I don't know what, again, this is kind of one of those things where I was told something. I don't know what the truth really is, but we didn't live with each other. Mm-hmm. We saw each other and we kind of knew that we were brothers kind of the way that we thought about it is they didn't really want to tell us we were siblings because of the chance that we may get adopted out to separate families oh. and then kind of let it you know be whatever it is of course things have changed a lot since then you know mm-hmm. but um so yeah we rode the bus together and we had these stories about me sticking up for him on the playground you know Aww. younger brother like don't mess my brother you know mm-hmm. but uh who knows if that's true that's a story he tells and mm-hmm. it makes me sound rad so that's why i tell <laughs> him stick with it then. so it's true yeah it's so yeah. it's definitely true i was pretty ripped i was had a six-pack and stuff i'm kidding that's not i don't know that that's a drummer true. you know but um but yeah so we we kind of when my adoptive parents so when you can't take a foster of course i don't know if it's the same way now but you can't take a foster child out of state that was the law then Okay. So they had the option. They said, well, hey, if we want to go start this church, which is kind of our following, you know, if we want to take this child with us, we have to adopt him. So oddly enough, my birth father, who was out of prison at the time, and uh, he was out of prison and he came forth and said that I don't want my sons to be adopted separately, okay. which is like, all right, we, you know. Because mm-hmm. you've so, had so much influence correct, up until this yeah. point. So it's yeah. like, all right, yeah, let's. But somehow my parents, you know, at least tried to honor that. Mm -hmm. So they reached out to the family that was fostering my brother and he had lived with them for a number of years. So he was basically like their child. 
Uh, and I don't know how it all worked. I don't know how you have that conversation, especially now that I'm a parent and having mm-hmm. like, hey, our kid is the son, you know, the brother of your kid, but he's not really your kid. Can we have oh. your kid? Yeah. We got to make this deal work, you know? Yep. Man. And uh, somehow they were like, yeah, we think that's a good idea. So loaded up in the U-Haul and drove to the courthouse that day. And um, of course it was a process, but the day we moved, I think we drove to the courthouse in the U-Haul and signed everything. We actually, a fun side note, and I, I think, I don't know if you know this, but I actually got to pick my name. Oh, oh no cool. way. Yeah. So I should have picked something more awesome, like <laughs> Dragon Slayer, <laughs> Falcon Master, you know, right. something cool. <laughs> I tell that cool. story a lot, and my wife is kind of over it. She just rolls her eyes. But, but no, I picked, my original name was Sean Eric Slocum. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we got adopted, I think it was like the night or two before the, they, we went to the courthouse, the lawyer called and was like, hey, are you guys doing any name changes? And I remember my adopted mother coming in and we were playing Legos, probably building the sweetest you know castle ever <laughs> on the bed. And they were like, Dragon hey, Kingdom. do you guys want to change your names? We were like, duh. Yeah. <laughs> of course we do. <laughs> Why <laughs> not? Um, but yeah, so my brother's original name was uh, Raymond Edmund Slocum and my name was Sean Eric Slocum. And so we kept our first, our original first names and moved them to our middle names. Oh, yeah. And then picked, of course, it was a religious family. So my favorite, we wanted to be uh, David and Jonathan. Uh I wanted David. I was supposed to be a David. Uh But we already had a David in the new family. Okay. So we can have two Davids. Right. So I went with my second selection. Which was my favorite story, oh, Daniel yeah. and the Lions. I was going to say, Daniel had lions, so he had clout. Well, for that's sure. what's up. You know, I'm, I'm saving up. I'm going to get some sweet <laughs> lions tattooed on me. I like me, it. You know, I like it so a lot. So if I, you know, pass away or something, people will be like, this guy's name must have been Daniel because look at these lions. <laughs> the He's lion just did. Taming on his like chest it. or something. I don't know. It, and yeah, your, I mean, it makes sense to me. Yeah. Absolutely. And you and your brother are close now. I mean, so I close. Saw you guys. I, I love that dude to death. Yeah. He is a, a brilliant guy. Um, you know, it's kind of one it. of those things. I think when people, and of course, you know, if there's anybody out there who's kind of been through a similar experience, I think you understand that blood relation that you have to family. You know, and don't get me wrong, I am extremely grateful and I'm also very much love my adoptive parents and the sacrifices that they made for us. You know, again, becoming a parent of your own, it's just like you guys were nuts for yeah. taking that on. But at the same time, I mean, I wouldn't be here. And there's, you know, there were five kids in our family and four of us are adopted. So mm-hmm. I've got a little sister who's half Korean, another little sister who's half Hispanic. So uh, we have this beautiful cool. family. Oh, yeah. And yep. so Catherine Walcher, you're a, you're a saint. <laughs> you <laughs> sweet shout woman. Out. Um, but, um, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, that blood, that blood bond is something, especially, you know, when you go through experience like that, you know, you kind of, those are the people, you know, it's like, hey, if anybody knows how it, how we, why we react to stuff the sure. way we do. It's like, it's your brother. So, mm-hmm. so good dude. after becoming a dad, how has that um, affected your music? Has your music grown after becoming a father? Or? Well, can I, can I curse on this? Yeah. Yes. So I'll do a soft curse. Yeah. Scared the hell out of me okay. <laughs> becoming a parent. And I don't know if you guys, I mean, have you gone through, huh? uh, can okay. I, can I, yeah, can I mention this? Cause no, I believe that was you're actually, expecting, right? Not you that personally, was this podcast, I think that was been a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're expecting in uh, first of the year ish. Yeah. Yep. So, but I think one of the things that you go through when you find out, of course you go through this extreme joy. Um, and if you guys were, if you and your wife were anything like my, me and my wife were, it was, we kind of went back and forth like, Oh, you know, I'd be like, Oh, we could totally have a kid. We'll make it happen. And my wife yeah. was like, there's no way. Yeah. And then my wife would be like, you know what? I've come around. I thought about it. 
And then that week I'd be like, Mm-mm, that's, it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And then finally, I guess one night we had a hot date and just totally agreed that it would be a good time. So, yeah. um, but the biggest thing about having, becoming a parent is I think the challenge for me was because of the way that I kind of grew up and the unique experience that I had. It was, I was, I've been really passionate about being a good parent, you know, and not so much, you know, I, I think inevitably you're going to screw something up and your kid's probably going to hate you at some point, which yeah. I think is fine. All of um, our fear. <laughs> yeah, well, and I think, and I, but I think that's the thing though, you know, it's a generational thing. If you've yeah. got a really smart kid who's a straight laced kid then their kids want to be the re- rebel yeah. and then that rebel turns into the parent that's like, yeah, you know, and, be really good and, and go you, to class and, you know, don't make the decisions I make, you know, it's just a generational thing that goes True. on and on. But, uh, so to tie that into the record, this record, um, the biggest thing for me about starting a family was how in the hell am I going to provide for this family? You know, I love making music and I love doing that, but the financial side of music is extre- incredibly difficult and challenging. Yep. Um, and you know, for me, I'm kind of, I'm kind of this 100 percenter. It's all, it's kind of all or nothing. So I kind of felt like I either needed to be the broke musician who, you know, may, may never become famous until after he dies at 70 and somebody yeah. comes across my, plethora of records that I did and like, Oh man, this guy was so good. Posthumous record alive. collection. And, like, and you're like, yeah. I can't believe we knew this guy during his life. <laughs> yeah. And he was, where did, where was he? I was right there guys. Come on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, and, but the flip side of that is, you know, you know, people always threw, throw around this term. I don't know if the young kids still do, but selling out, you know, mm-hmm. and I, it, eventually it dawned on me. It was like, you know, there, there's a point where you could say, all right, well, I, I think there's something valiant about just, you know, keeping the one shirt on your back and really hacking it away. And we did that for a while. Mm -hmm. My wife and I consider ourselves efficiency experts because we were really good at being poor uh, and living off, you know, the minimal amount that we could. But, um, you know, when you, I love my wife to death, she's gorgeous and I want to give her things and, you know, and and then the same thing for my son. Um, You want to give them something better than what you had. So fine. And a lot of that, Money doesn't make you happy, but it sure as hell makes things easier. I'll Helps. tell you that. Well, yeah. and I that's something I admire about you, Daniel, is you really are an entrepreneur. I mean, and I think, you know, maybe, you know, when we're all kids, it's like you're selling out, but now it's like, we're not, I mean, it's finding a balance in life. And like you are, yeah. you're just, you're just that much more like you're an amazing musician, but you are also an amazing entrepreneur and you're also an amazing dad or an amazing husband. So it's like you, it's just has been cool to, to like know you, yeah. you know, over the, you know, few years we have or whatever. But, um, I think that it says a lot about who you are, that you work hard in a lot of different areas and, and I, th- I think that I think that c- comes from that you know that experience that a lot of people would be like oh that was such a negative childhood but I think it made me this person that you know yeah. you don't have to be perfect at everything but at least try to be good at or yeah. a couple of things that are really important like family and providing and then what you're passionate about mm-hmm. but as far as like you know you know finding finding a way to say all right what what is something I could do to make money to feed my family mm-hmm. and here's the other thing too like. I hated going to shows mm-hmm. of all these other, I've been fans of Oklahoma musicians for a long time, but the crappiest thing is when you cannot buy their record, yeah. you ask these musicians yeah. to buy your record. Yeah. Yeah. It's this vicious cycle of like, hey, let's swap records. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to, I wanted to be the person that could say, hey, I want to financially support you. Yeah. Here's my cash. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I know exactly it's going to turn into dinner or yeah you know, gas or, yeah. you know, it's a, 
a real thing, you know? Sure. Um, so figuring out, I had to, I had to make the decision, you know, Hey, if I make some money, mm-hmm. then I can do something with it. Absolutely. Yeah, Instead of just being okay. like, oh, you're so talented. I love it, yeah. but I can't afford to buy anything. Yeah. So. And you you have the ability to give back at that point. I, you oh, know, yeah. I mean, it's so cool. I've seen that within a, lo- a lot of, I mean, not just you. I, I work with um, a friend of mine who has had great success in music and has come back and started you know, a family here and, and, and is an entrepreneur here. And that's one thing he said. He goes, you know, this is the first time in my life that I'm not having to get out and help myself and like I can actually provide for my my family but he's also able to give back to the community and that's what you're saying as well like you can do more such a rad feeling because you know like I said there's these incredible musicians but at the end of the day you've got to eat and money costs food yeah money costs food yeah, yeah, cost money. yeah absolutely. money costs food. Well, it depends on what circumstances there's you're a, in, but it could yeah, there's go, a song in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, <laughs> music's like, I mean, we live in Oklahoma. It's like the oil and gas business. I mean, it is up and down. You know, you know, it's like you might be have a you know streak of success where you're making some money, and then yeah. all of a sudden, you know, things change very quickly. And so um you've done a great job. Um tell us about the album the upcoming album and kind of So you actually just touched on something that is kind of has been an interesting thing to me about these ups and downs, Mm. these peaks and valleys that a lot of, it seems like a lot of artists, especially around here, go through. Mm -hmm. Um, And another thing that I wanted to do is is figure out a way, all right, well, hey, if I make money outside of this that I can invest back into this, then there's a pretty good chance I could roll through some of these tough times and not, you know, be super depressed or, you know, pulling my hair out and just want to throw my hands up in the air and walk away. Mm -hmm. So becoming, you know, a father and finding a career per se, um, enabled me to go back to the music Mm -hmm. purely as a passion Mm -hmm. instead of going to these shows and be like, Oh my God, I got to play so good. And everybody's got to love it because they need to hire me back because I need to make money to pay, you know, right. It's really stressful to live that way. Um, at least for me, it was, I know some musicians who could do it and I I commend them enormously. But I think the big thing is when you throw a family involved and you're responsible for other people, it's like, Oh, you know, yep. But so the record is the best record I've ever written. Oh, and I'm good. not saying that because so I cool. think I'm rad and I think it's really cool. It is the most honest record mm. I wrote. And uh, the majority of these songs came out of some really challenging situations. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest, one of my favorite songs on the record, it's, it's called August 16th, is a song about just being scared to death of having a child. What is this child going to do to me? What's it going to do to the relationship I have with my wife? Mm-hmm. Am I going to be able to provide for this child? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those are things like, it's like a, you're inviting a stranger into your marriage and like being like, I hope this all works out well. <laughs> right, yeah. I, right. I, I no, have no idea what your personality is going to be, yeah. but let's hang out all the time. Like yeah. every day. Uh, <laughs> every day, yeah. And, and they you can't, need a lot. You know, <laughs> I know some, you know, I, I'm a firm believer that as a parent, you shouldn't walk away from your children. I know yeah. people have made that decision, but... Mm-hmm. But yeah, for me, it was like, I'm, I'm not going to walk away. Mm-hmm. This is a commitment, the same commitment I, make, I made to my wife when we got sure. married, you know, hey, we're bringing you into this world. So mm-hmm. it's our, our responsibility yeah. to make sure that you at least have some, you know, support. Yeah, um, sure. So the record, the record is kind of that. It also talks about being really broke and knowing that you're having a family coming and just, mm-hmm. and I think it's stuff that, you know, it's just stuff that people go through. Yeah. It's everyday life. Absolutely. Um, one of the big, another cool song that's going to be on the record is called The Storm. Mm. And it talks about, uh, 
you know, the chorus is, uh, well, I'm on the freeway, but it ain't free and the car broke down. Well, they keep on calling saying we need our money and we need it now. Well, yeah. it wasn't like this in my head when I worked it out. I was supposed to have made it by now, but it ain't worked itself out. Yeah. And then the cool. chorus is, well, the storm may come before the money, but honey, don't let it get you down. Because as long as you're here and you stay close, my dear, I promise that we will not drown. Cool. And for me, too, it was kind of I experienced, I messed with some different, I've always written these kind of really sad kind of droney songs. Yeah. But this one's set to this really kind of thumping beat. And it's almost like an anthem. And I'm just, it's mm-hmm. like I'm a big fan of sad songs that are to upbeat tempos. You know what? Yeah. I think that's kind of the trick. Yeah. Yeah. If, um, you, if you listen to a lot of really great songs, even upbeat songs, you're like, wow, that is a really uh, depressing song if you slow it down. You guys and, listen to Sufjan Stevens at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kashmir yeah. Polishki Day. Yeah. It's like this super kind of happy sound <laughs> yeah. about somebody dying of cancer. And yeah. you listen to the words and you're like, what this the is heck? deep. And, yeah. and I was really... I, do, do I like this or is it? And, and then when you make music that make people think like that and Kashmir Polishki Day is just the one that first pops into my yeah. mind, but it's such a trick to do. And if it's pulled off and pulled off well, it just makes well, sense. And I think, you know, music. that's a, the inevitable question for artists is like, how do you write a record that everybody's going to love? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think my first thing, at least for me personally, was stop trying to write a record that everybody's going to yeah. love. First yeah. of all, mm-hmm. um, I'd done that in the past and everybody yeah. was like, what is this? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, but it's so cool. And we spent all this money and we did it here and it was really rad. But at the end of the day, I think people are just, they want to hear you you know, they kind of want to hear you bleed. Yeah. But I think what happens is in music is the first thing that people are drawn to is the music. They're drawn to the beat or the, you know, kind of the melody. Mm-hmm. But I think the records that really stand the test of time are these records that have these beats and these melodies that automatically draw people in. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, it may not be the fifth, sixth or seventh time that they listen to these songs and they're like, holy cow, like, yeah. I never even heard him say that. And I've listened yeah, to this song like, so many times. Yeah. Um, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that is beautiful music to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Deeper End. You guys listen to Drive By Truckers at all? Mm-hmm. Drive By Truckers, yeah. There's uh, that song, The Deeper End, that is, it's about, um, it's about a guy that runs off with his sister. And, I, and I, it took me a year of listening to that album <laughs> before I realized I was like, this is the most beautiful song ever written about How incest. Awesome. How like, great is that <laughs> feeling, though? Yeah. Like, that so when you're a fan me. of the music, just because yeah. you're a fan yeah, yeah, of the music, yeah, yeah. and, and then you realize, like, 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 the words of this song. This song is about incest. And, and then you're like, yeah. it's like, such a beautiful song. And, like, and again, do I like this song? I don't. Am I doing something context. wrong? <laughs> <You know? laughs> is this detention? Do I get detention? <laughs> I, I shouldn't. This is secular music. Yeah. I shouldn't be listening to this. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Sorry, mom and dad. I write secular music. Well, Daniel, we had planned on. And, um, an, a live performance today and I totally dropped the ball and forgot the guitar. So Daniel had emailed me today and he goes, can you bring a guitar? I'm on my bike. And I was like, yeah, totally. You know, yeah, of course I will. And I was so busy packing up all the stuff I wanted to pack up that I forgot. So um, do you want to do a little acapella thing for us? Should all? we do an acapella or should we do like a, you want me to do just kind of a spoken word? Yeah, do a spoken word. I'll do that. I'll just kind of speak the words and I'll do the August 16th song. Oh, cool. Perfect. Is that cool? Nice. That's you guys wonderful. Yeah, that fantastic. Yes, we do. So uh, it's kind of weird, you know, when you're a musician, you you got chords and you're playing guitar. It's almost easier when you're doing all these other things. But so let's see if I can remember this. Um, So the first verse is, I don't even know who you are. 
I'm having trouble picturing your face. I don't even know what you're like, but I'm scared of what you could do to me. You're keeping my lover up at night as she can't get you out of her mind. You're heavy like a weight on her chest. I think she's scared of what you could do to us. And then the chorus goes, well, they all told me. You're never quite fully prepared. Then that day comes and you really find yourself there. I'm gonna hold you and look right into the face of my fears. I'm just scared of what you could do to me. So the second verse, sorry, no crying in the studio. The second verse is, I got a grown up job just in case. All these childhood dreams just don't pay. And it's really not like you'll care either way. I'm just scared of what it could do to me. I'm worried about the things that you'll need. I look forward to all the dreams that you'll dream. And I hope that I can provide everything. But if I can't, what could that do to me? They all told me you're never quite fully prepared. But when that day comes, you really find yourself there. And I'm going to hold you and look right into the face of my fears. I'm just scared of what it could do to me. So great. Oh, my wife's Daniel. over here in tears. Got it. <laughs> Thank you. I, so, I, was, I was telling you, whenever I do stuff sweet for Carrie, I'm like, I, I'm kind of hoping that she cries a little bit. <laughs> they cry. Yeah. Yeah. I think oh, that's, that's so kind of what you're beautiful. going for. And you know, that's with no music or anything. But the, I mean, I, that's why I said earlier that I think this is the, sure. I mean, like you guys don't know me, you know, nothing yeah. about me, sure. you know, nothing about my family. I know nothing about your family, but it's this universal just thing that people go through and they don't talk about it usually, you know? Oh, Nobody wants to go to your friends and be like, I'm scared. Yeah, we talk about, we talk about it all the time. Kid. <laughs> at least like, yeah, you know? at least once a week, Carrie and I are like, you know, this is really cool. Like we're sitting here listening to jazz records and drinking bourbon and are we going to be able to do this? Like we have babies. <laughs> we still need to do this. Like right. whenever yeah. we have a kid. I don't think you can go to, back now. We need no. to do this. <laughs> yeah. You know? But yeah. Well, so. Daniel, tell us where we can find your music. Tell us when your album's going to come out and what all of your social media. Sure, sure. So the other thing about this record is, like I mentioned earlier, um, the kind of the highs and lows of artistry. One of the things that we're kind of in the process of doing is, and I think musicians in, in all of Oklahoma, if we can figure out a way to do this effectively, I think it could really help a lot of people. But um, not just we're not ju jumping the gun. We're not just going to put this record out. We're not just going to jump money on it and put it out there and say, here it is, and then do nothing after that. I think kind of one of the keys, and you talked about being an entrepreneur, is you learn kind of some fun stuff in business, you mm -hmm. know, like have a plan. Um, so at this year, we're kind of we're setting ourselves up as much as we can to where next year we can, if opportunities present themselves, both financially and then time-wise and obligation-wise, we can pursue those. So we're probably going to be releasing the record at the beginning of next year. Mm -hmm. um, and then one of the things I've always wanted to do was go on a festival tour. Sure. Oh, nice. You know, I'm 31 and I do have a kid, but I want to go party at a festival. Yeah. Sure. You know, so, so I'm like, all right, well, at this point, do I have the means, you know, if I want to do it, how do I make this happen myself? You know, yeah. if anybody wants to float me a festival tour, <laughs> sure. you're We're welcome to call in right now. Right do, now. You just, <laughs> do you just like call Bonnaroo and they're like, I didn't, you know what, that's thing. the thing, you know, I'm probably just going to call Bonnaroo and yeah. be like, hey, what's up? 
Um, but I think one of the things though, you kind of make a good point there is, you know, if you come out with this really cool record and, you know, people do some write-ups in the paper where you are locally, Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that we lack, and I definitely know that I'm guilty of this is we don't use that momentum to gain us more momentum. Mm -hmm. Um, it's like, Oh, cool. Send the paper to my mom. And that was it, you know, (laughs) but in business, you know, you use those things, you sure. use those write-ups and then you send those write-ups to the guy at Bonnaroo mm-hmm. and be like, Hey, I did this. I don't know if it means anything to you, but would you consider me? Yeah. And then if they're like, yeah, I mean, come on out, we'll put sure. you on stage C. Then the next thing I get to do is go to a national, you know, booking company and say, Hey, I hey, just I played, played Bonnaroo. Bonnaroo. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, uh, Bigfoot's coming up. Yeah. Can I play the gorge or what? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. and I think that's kind of, we're trying to be smart about it, you know, mm-hmm. and, and and part of it too is I really this record I'm real I love these songs to death. All of my other songs are really kind of write songs you throw them out there, but mm-hmm. this record I think really has the potential. Not because I'm a great writer or a great artist, but I think it deals with stuff that it's a story that I think can really a lot of people can really benefit from sure in mm-hmm. these songs on this record they're kind of this, a lot of the issues are really tough issues and mm-hmm. um so i think you know it's i think it would be kind of a waste to just put it on a record and throw it out there and be like well, there it is you know yeah. and then it kind of get lost in a shuffle mm-hmm. and i and the other flip side of that though is, is you know if it does get lost in the shuffle then so be it but at the same time we want to be able to monetarily get the record to people yeah, and I mean, if you and can't like, find you know if you can't do a distribution deal or something sure. you can't get it in front of people and I mean, nobody I'm, in Chicago is going to call up some dude in Oklahoma City and be like hey, what's going on there you want to come, yeah. yeah. come play all of Palooza yeah, yeah. yeah exactly but so. no I mean, and I think that kind of brings us back to something that you said earlier about like selling out and things like it's okay to make money mm-hmm. like and that's kind of the whole trick to life I've always said about you know being able to own a store that sells spices it's like I figured out something that I love to do and it was cook Mm -hmm. and I figured out a way that I could you know make money on that yeah and and so if that's with music that's that's, just called being smart yeah yeah Yeah. and so now like we go places all the time and from an entrepreneurial standpoint and you see this or you see that and you're like man I could do this and and if I did I could make money at it and that's Mm -hmm. okay well what's crazy too is like okay if you don't have any money how can I help you? If yeah, I don't right. have any money right. and I love your music, what yeah. can I do? For, there's nothing I could do for you. Sure. But if I make enough money to feed my family and pay my bills and I've got some left over, mm-hmm. there is nothing more fulfilling than finding an artist that I love as another artist mm-hmm. and saying, Hey, I let's how, what, what can I do to help? Right. You know, whether it's a big thing or a small thing, you know, but have, being able to do that and offer that local support yeah. is phenomenal. It's so much cooler than being oh, yeah. broke and depressed all the oh, time yeah. about your own <laughs> yeah. situation. Yeah, well, and I once heard this made sense to me as an artist and a yogi, but that, you know, money is energy. So what, whatever that energy is coming in and whatever you're putting out, like, True, you know, yeah. if you have zero of it coming in, it's hard to put it out. So mm-hmm. um, I think that you guys are both right. And sure. and again, it adds to your music when you are an entrepreneur. I mean, that's what we've learned on the seller door end of like, yeah. there has to be a business to it if you want to sustain it. Oh, and sustainability you, is, mm-hmm. the, is the huge thing. You know, anybody can, I think now technology, you can put stuff sure. on a record and throw it out there. 
But if you, the first rule of business is if you don't make money, you don't stay in business. Yeah. Right. So, and it's, it, it is no different for an artist. Nope. Yeah. If I can't pay my gas to get yeah. to a show that somebody's invited me to in Texas that can potentially open doors for me, mm-hmm. then I'm dead in the water. Counterproductive. You know? to so, go to that and show. even on a bottom line of buying instrument, yeah. like just having an instrument, oh, you yeah. know, yeah. Um, doing a record. I mean, it costs yeah. money to do all that. So yep. Yep. I, yep. do you want to um, give a quick plug to your job? Cause you are very good at it. I thank you. Mm-hmm. I I have worked very hard to be very good at it. I actually sell real estate. So technically I'm a real estate agent, mm-hmm. but um, I specialize in working with artistic and creative types. Very cool. Um, one of the phenomenal things about real estate to me was, and of course, you know, kind of the business side of me is like, how the heck are these people living in these houses that I, there's no way in hell I could afford and you realize that it's kind of like what you were talking about, you know, figure out a way to make money, but do something that you love and that, you know, yeah. enables you to, you know, give back to the community and stuff. So I work with a lot of artists, um, a lot of entrepreneurs, and my my biggest joy in this job is educating mm. because real estate is one of those things that if you make a smart decision on your first house, mm-hmm. you can set yourself up financially for a really sure. incredible future. Mm-hmm. And when you're an artist and all you want to do is make art, mm-hmm. buying a house the correct way the first time, you may not, you may have to work for you know the next five, 10, 15 years to pay that house off. But inevitably, if you're smart about it, um, you can find yourself down the road to say, Hey, I've, I didn't buy out of my means. Mm-hmm. I bought in an area that I felt, you know, there were good indicators where we were going to see some appreciation, you know, we were smart about it. And now we've got this equity. I can float my own tour. I can float my own record. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's yep. an incredible thing. I love it. Um, so that's really, really my, th- I love that about real estate. Plus I just love old architecture. Yeah. It's like art in and of itself, you know, sure. mm-hmm. these historic areas down here. I tell people, mm-hmm. one of the things I do is pass out beer koozies at arts festivals. Nice. Oh, I don't brilliant. know if any other realtors do that, but no. I'm like, Hey, keep your beer that's cold. We, we're anti warm beer around here, but so do you do um, that out of your van? Because I want to let everybody know to look for your van. Um, so supposedly there's this dude driving around with his face on his van. I don't know who that guy is, but he kind of looks like me. No, it's me. That's another thing. When you Love have it. children, you do crazy things like put your face on the side of vehicles. So it works. That'll happen. But yeah, I mean, and it's one of those things too, you know, like you, you shouldn't, I'm not I, there. I have no shame in my job. I know it's a very corporate job. Well, kind of. It's kind of a corporate job. People think of it as an adult, very much an adult job. But at the same time, you know, I, like I said, I've worked really hard to be good at it. Mm-hmm. I love doing it. I love educating people. And at the end it's of the a day, beast of an industry n- too, you know. there's no reason why people shouldn't know that I do that. Yeah. Right? And when you, you find know? things you love, it's not bad being an adult. You know what I mean? Like, it's like you always, when you're young, you're like, oh, I got to be an adult or yeah. it sucks being an adult. But it's like, well, when you find things that you like or, you know, relationships you like or people, sure. you know, or jobs sure. that you like, it's like, hey, it's not so bad. Contrary, like, this is actually pretty cool. Contrary to what Nickelodeon would have you believe. <laughs> right. Yeah. They just want to keep you sucked It is really cool forever. to be an adult. It, like, it, I it am is, a huge fan. It is kind of cool, you know. <laughs> people, I, it, I think the coolest thing about growing up is like, you have the opportunity to learn things. Sure. Mm-hmm. If you're always learning and always educating yourself. And you can learn what you want to you learn. You can learn what you, you know, want. Like, you, can do, you can do whatever you want. Absolutely. And that's, <laughs> yeah. But no, it's like, but yeah, like <laughs> for so long, you're like, you need to learn this. And, I, and then here the yeah. other day, I'm like, I want to learn how to build bunk beds. 
just for fun. You can do and that. I, so I went down to Prototech, and you know, just like I'm going to teach myself how to build stuff because that's dude. What that I place learn. is rad, by the it way. Is. It's awesome. Shameless plug to those guys. Sure, that's man. a beautiful. That's another really cool thing oh, that yeah. they're doing. OKC, but yeah, on the maker spaces. Sure. On the on the business side of it, you know, had had my music career gone a little bit differently, there was probably a pretty good chance I would have just blown all the money I made, <laughs> you yeah. know, on stupid stuff. But when you get older and you have a family, you know, I mm-hmm. think it's almost becomes more of a passionate thing mm-hmm. when I was younger, it was just like, Oh, it's something that I do. And it's, but now it's like, man, you have the opportunity to really do something with it. But yeah. So if you want to buy a house or sell a house, I help cool people buy and sell cool houses. So cool. Well, and you are going to be at VZDs this coming Saturday. Um, do you want to give your website and your social, where can we find you? So the website is Daniel Walter music, uh, dot com. Mm-hmm. Um, my Facebook, I believe, is Daniel Walter Music, and I think the same for my Twitter, if I'm not mistaken. I, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I hate doing social media <laughs> stuff. It's really Well, brutal. at least people can find your music and kind of updates through find that. Find it on there. Yeah, and I've got some old stuff, um, older stuff on iTunes. I think it's still floating around. So, um, Cool. Yeah, the new stuff is, I'm excited about it. Cool. Well, Daniel, we just love having you. And I love love you having me. Oh my gosh, it was great. I just very inspirational. Absolutely. Um, Well, Daniel Walter Walter will be at VZDs this Saturday on August thirteenth at eight thirty. Eight bucks at the door. Um, JB will also be at the Criterion at ten, so you guys can go have dinner at VZDs, watch Daniel, and then run over to JB. Yes, that's right. Criterion and throw in. If you want to have a plethora of emotional roller coaster, come to my show first. (laughs) Then go see JB. It's a good dinner. Come to my show, and then we'll go rage over a JB show. It'll be awesome. the next morning you can get up and go to Tulsa. So anybody who lives in Tulsa, Red Dirt Rangers is going to be at Guthrie Green in Tulsa on the 14th from 2.30 to 6.30 um, is the concert with Brandon Jenkins and Smokey in the Mirror and that's open to the public. So there's a full weekend ahead. Love it. And those are some of our features. So thank you again, Daniel, for being thank on the ground and sounds. You guys Good are so rad. Sure. Thank you to our media sponsor, Andrell with Naked City OKC, and to Anthem and Papa John's, and of course, Steven Tyler. We just think Lest he's wonderful. Lest we forget Savory Spice Shop. And so, I know. I think we plug ourselves in enough, Abel. We plug ourselves enough. I'm mostly harmless media, for sure. Yes, absolutely. So we will see everybody next week. Next week. We'll see you. Thanks so much.